0: Welcome to the Sex Ed Enthusiast Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Brewer, and I am extremely excited to have you not only with me for my first episode ever, but to start this journey for improving sexual health education. This is a weekly podcast for all you curious cats who are too embarrassed to ask those juicy questions in your high school health class. Since this is the first episode, I'd like to go over a little bit about myself and the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Like I said, my name is Meredith. I'm 25 years old and originally from Danville, Illinois, but I now live in Flagstaff, Arizona. I graduated from Bradley University in 2018 with a bachelor's in health science and minors in international study and in community health. After graduation, I served two years as a Peace Corps volunteer in Guyana, South America. Not to be confused with Ghana, which is located in Africa. It's honestly a really common occurrence that happens. But as a volunteer, as a health volunteer, I focused on improving adolescent health in my community through enriching the national health curriculum at my school and also starting a youth health clinic at my community's health center. Additionally, I'm a certified health education specialist, and I work for a nonprofit in Arizona as the health and wellness supervisor where I oversee and support health programs for older adults. So why this podcast? I guess a little over a year ago, I knew I wanted to do some type of podcast, but I couldn't figure out what I wanted to talk about. At first, I thought I wanted to share, you know, all my embarrassing stories that have happened to me so far in my life, but then I realized I have terrible memory, and I honestly couldn't remember half of them. But then a month ago, I was thinking about it again, and and I thought, well, what was a time when I was doing something that brought me joy? And how can I share that joy? And that led me to think about my Peace Corps service. And even though I had my struggles and it wasn't always sunshine and rainbows, I really did enjoy the content I was teaching my students. I thought about all the fun my students and I used to have in my lessons and started recalling all the humorous ways I would try to teach them sex ed. I mean, why should my students be the only ones to have the luxury of hearing me say the word penis repeatedly? Shouldn't you have that enjoyment too? The second reason I wanted to start this podcast is to go against the stigma that, you know, sex shouldn't be talked about or it's too, you know, it's taboo or it's not proper if you talk about sex, which honestly is all bullshit. Your sexual health is just as important as your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health or whatever element you want to classify in your health. Sexual health is up there with it. It also really pisses me off when I see parents complaining about sex education classes in schools because, quote, they believe that they should be the ones to talk to their children about these topics. But in reality, they aren't doing it. Or they themselves are so full of misinformation and disinformation that they don't even know how to accurately and age-appropriately talk to their kids about sexual health. So again, I want to break down those barriers. If parents don't want to talk about it and teachers aren't given the atmosphere to talk about it, then they can just move aside and I'm going to do it for them. But let me save my rant for another time and let's get on with today's episode. Our first episode, we're going to talk about the history of condoms, otherwise known as a glove, a jimmy, a sheet, the raincoat, a hazmat suit, or my personal favorite, a rubber. Which is not to be confused with the other, with what other cultures refer to as an eraser. So where did condoms come from? When I was doing my research, uh, I was kind of, you know, surprised. The history of condoms is is long. There are records of condoms going back thousands of years. Granted, those methods look vastly different than the ones we have today, but every culture has tried to find some way to have sex without the repercussions of creating life or getting diseases. So let's start with some of the first. One of the first known documentations of condoms can be found in the stories of King Minos of Crete. I honestly don't know if I'm saying this right either, so you know, just just bear with me. And this documentation was in 3000 BC. I've never heard of him, but apparently he's a prominent figure in Greek mythology. Anyways, he reportedly used the bladder of a goat to protect himself and his partners, which included his wife. What I think is interesting about this first documentation when I was reading about it is that there's a dispute whether the goat's bladder was inserted into the woman rather than being worn by the man. And you're probably thinking, Meredith, that's the same damn thing. But it's actually not. I like to think about it as either we're talking about the invention of the first female condom or the invention of the first male condom, but I'll leave that up to the historians for specifics. Additionally, there are records of ancient Egyptians using some type of protective barrier. Apparently, the Egyptians were, um, and I quote, sex-obsessed, And because of this, they were continually looking for ways to avoid unwanted pregnancies and prevent the spread of diseases. They would use methods such as castration on both males and females, and surgically remove ovaries, and inserted even wadded up linen strips that had been treated with spermicidal acidic oils in the vagina. Eventually, Egyptians began experimenting with oiled animal intestines and bladders that would cover the top of the penis. So there seems to be a common theme here, right? Animal parts. So let's, you know, fast forward in history to the Romans, who used the same methods as their Greek and Egyptian predecessors. And they used the linens and animal parts as condoms. However, it wasn't because they wanted to stop their mistresses from getting pregnant. Rather, they took interest in its effects in public health and prevention of venereal diseases such as syphilis. Essentially, they just wanted, you know, to mass expansion of their people so they can, you know, their empire could take over everything. And as I was reading, I eventually had to uh, get to a point where I stopped about the Romans because I was... Just reminded about how disgusting their misogynistic and toxic culture was. But anyways, they used the same things, um, animal intestines and linens, uh, as, you know, their predecessors. Now, when the Roman Empire fell off, so did all notions of guilt-free sex and preventing unwanted pregnancies. It was during the Middle Ages that we first saw a change in attitude, along with laws and repercussions for using any types of birth control. However, regardless of what the church said, scientists still did their thing. The Italian um, anatomist accredited for describing the fallopian tube conducted exper- experiments that showed that a sheath of linen protected men from syphilis. The sheath, which at this time were either made from fabric like I said, linen, or from goat and lamb intestines. They were then fastened on to the penis by a ribbon, and often, especially if it was the lamb or goat intestine, lubricated with saliva. You know, side note, I haven't done much much research into STIs, but damn, syphilis might be the OG. She really has found her way into every prominent part of history, every war... Apparently every condom ever created. She must have been pissed when penicillin was created. Food for thought. I digress. Now, this whole time, nobody's used the word condom. They've been referring to them as sheaths. It wasn't until the 17th century when King Charles II feared he was having too many illegitimate children. So his doctor, known as Colonel Condom told him, no glove, no love, king. And, well, you know, I doubt he actually said those words, but you get the gist. The etymology of the word condom is said to be named after this doctor. However, other theories include the Latin word condus, which means receptacle or vessel, and the Persian word kimdu, which refers to a long piece of intestine used for storage. But either way, condom became the standard term by the 18th century. As linen condoms were being phased out due to you know them being less than comfortable, uh, people started finding new ways to soften and, and smoothen the animal sheaths. Let's then fast forward again to the 1850s when the industrial Revolution was happening, and an American inventor named Charles Goodyear was u- uh, used rubber vul- vulcanization, it's a hard word, to create rubber condoms. Rubber vulcanization is a process where rubber, the natural rubber, and sulfur are heated together to form a more malleable and and durable material. While skin condoms, as in made from animals, were more comfortable to wear, rubber condoms were cheaper to make. Because of this, condoms became widely available and accessible to anyone regardless of social status. Although rubber condoms were made to size wink, wink, they were less than ideal for today's standards. Charles's rubber condoms were 2 millimeters thick. Today's condoms are 0.06 millimeters thick. Now, I don't really understand those kind of measurements, so I needed to do a Google search for comparison. The best answer I could find that we can all probably understand is a nickel. A nickel is just shy of 2 millimeters thick at 1.95. Guys today have no room to complain about condoms coalescing the feeling. Those poor chaps in the 19th century probably couldn't feel anything, and their wieners also probably smelled like rubber. So, I mean, who has it? Who has it worse? Come on. Now, 60 years after the invention of a rubber condom, latex was invented, which occurs when that rubber is then dispersed in water this new material is what most condoms are made out of today because of the elasticity and the strength are much greater than the rubber condoms. And today you can find condoms in any size and many varieties such as latex, -latex, non-latex, lambskin, even flavored, glow-in-the-dark, ribbed, lubricated, and so much more at your local convenience store. I mean, you know, let your freak fly. I guess like moral of this history lesson is that condoms are cool and they've come a long way from animal organs. So let's be thankful for modern day inventions and practice safe sex. You know, what? thank you for learning with me today. I, you know, I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into all the weird things people used to wrap their wieners with. But, you know, next week we're going to kind of go into more things about condoms. We're going to talk about the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, modern day ones. I don't think I can stomach any more animal intestine condom talk. But, you know, I'd love to hear your guys' reaction to this episode on social media. So use the hashtag uh, sex ed enthusiast so I can follow along. And don't be afraid to ask questions and let me know other topics you'd like to hear on sex ed enthusiasts. You can find my show notes in the description uh, of this episode. And if you enjoyed it, you know, please make sure to like and share and follow. Uh, Until next time, make good choices.